Portions of this program are pre-recorded. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to. It is the Joe Pag Show. Three big interviews. Case Mike Cray News with Kay, Dr. Jesse Lopez. Great information on um, COVID, therapeutics, shots, monkeypox. Is that really a public health emergency? And we also have campus reform on today. So there's a lot to get to. I also want to talk about Kamala Harrison and her Twitter feed. For some reason, that Twitter feed jumped out at me today because of Brittany Griner comments. But you look, if you look through the feed, she's just not telling the truth about some stuff as well. We'll get into that too. And Carrie claims, I have something in common with Beto. Well, Carrie, I reject mm-hmm. that. You we'll do. have to get into that as well. You do. Yeah. On a Friday. Give me some strings. Horn section, come on. That was me. I had cold cuts for lunch. Carrie, you crazy. Disgusting. What change it anyway? Where is Bob Guthrie? Let's go. Friday. Yes, sir. Thank God it's. Thank God it is Friday. Do it again. Friday. Uh huh. Thank God it's. Thank God it is Friday. I think it's a free speech Friday is what it is. Along with Chocolate Voice, we have Polo Get It Done. Sam making it happen. I am your talk show monkey, Joe Pags. Glad to have you here. I don't want to elaborate by getting into the details, but I get some of the strangest emails, man. It's not complaints about the show. It's people who like the show and therefore think that um, I need to know about their theories, whether they're conspiracy theories or, I don't know, everybody wants to write a song now and they want to send me the song. Um, you know what I mean, Carrie? I don't know how outlandish the email or the messages you get are on social media because not you're attached crazy. to the show. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, some of, some of this stuff, I'm like, really? Like Most one guy, again, I, I, won't, I, I, won't get in, well, I won't get into the theory, mm-hmm. but one guy wrote me last night and um, he has discovered the solution for something mm-hmm. and wants to get it out there. Okay. And I wrote back and I said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he didn't tell you? What no, no, no. The- that was that's the one sentence. Oh. I don't okay. know what you and, and again, mm-hmm. most talk show hosts, not that we're above anybody, but we just delete it because you get 400 emails a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, do, I don't want to do that. I want to answer if I can. And I responded. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He wrote back and then wrote me seven more emails. So couldn't tell the thoughts in the one email. It was thought, another email thought, another email, two sentences, another email thought, another email. Is this really you or is this somebody else answering your email? Okay. Oh, and the original one that he solved all the world's problems, he gave me his phone number. And I said, yeah, I'm not calling you. (laughs) So in all the follow-up emails, it was this wild conspiracy thing. And his children told him that he has to get it out there. And he doesn't, I'm probably not the right resource if I don't jump on this or something. And I just wrote back and said, dude, I am so not interested. (laughs) You know what I mean? So what what are you going to say? Most of the ones that you get are what? Oh, I was going to say that how can you work with Joe Pags? I feel so sorry for you. Well, that's exactly the kind of email that or me- messages that Polo gets. <laughs> how do you work with that guy? I'm sure. I mean, he's been getting those for years. 
Sam, do you get any reaction? Because people know that you're my daughter, so they probably aren't as mean with you. They are not mean, but I'm also pretty honest with people, so if they had something to say, I would probably say something back. What? You're direct? You're honest? Get out of here. That's my girl. All right, so, uh, and again, love getting the email. Um, here's another one. How do I respond to this? Carrie, I'm truly, as a friend, asking for your help. Okay. Oh. So I, so, I, so I do my silly parody songs, right? Mm-hmm. I get me, that should done. Should you do it anymore? I say no. As your friend. It's not uh, not not where I was going. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Sorry. Keep going. Th- th- thanks for always being so <laughs> positive and so helpful. You got it. I'm with your, your boy Pags. So, uh, yeah. Um, now here's what the email I'll get. I wrote a song. Here are the words. And you know I won't do that. I won't, mm, I'm not going to no. sing your song. I'm not going to take your words. I'm not going to So I'll write back and say, well, why don't you do it? And put it on the internet and have your family and friends take a look. Sure, yeah. And every once in a blue moon, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then they have to send it to me. They want you to hear it. Because they don't want me to hear it. They want me to send it to Hannity or to John Rich or to somebody else. Oh, okay. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. But um, what do I do? Because I, I think I've shared one or two mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And can we be honest, as bad as you think I am, I mean, this is, this is, well, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, they're not most of the time really that Probably great. would not air them is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So how do I respond? Because the one guy wrote me, and he's probably listening, and just a really nice guy, and, um, and, and then wrote me four more times, are you going to uh, tell me what you think? Are you going to air it? What are you going to do? And I just, and at this point, he's writing back saying, you know, not, not my cup of tea. I don't want to be mean. Right, but you don't want to say, hey, you know what, it's really great. Maybe I'll play it sometime, and they'll keep bugging you about it. So I think not my cup of tea is probably the way to go. What should my level of honesty be when it comes don't to these Don't be brutal. People? Don't be brutally honest. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But say, you know what, you know, usually I don't play uh, anybody else's parodies on my, song, uh, on my show, and thanks anyway. So that's that's the so I shouldn't be honest at all then. <laughs> we'll be a little honest, I guess. I mean, Not too I, much. I, I the only other person I've ever played is Mark Skelton because Mark does a great yeah. job, and he out of the blue sent me the Joe Pag Show song and all that, and, and just and the great Carrie friend Lockie. for a long time. Oh, um, no, I've never right the Karaoke songs. I mean, he he he's great. Um, but Mark's in. Mark was in early on. Yeah. Um, but but again. But you really that's it. You don't play anybody else's songs. I just don't know why my doing parodies on my song invites other people to sing parodies and send them to me. Is it a compliment? I don't I know what it, it is. Well, I think, I it think is. they just want to be heard. I think they want to be heard. Uh, yeah, I think it's a compliment, and and I think they really want you to say, hey, you know what? That was really great. Carrie, it wasn't. Well, then, but you don't say that. Say something nicer. No? Say something nicer. Okay. And again, this is not about anybody sent me something yesterday or the day before or last week. You know who you are. It's not about you. <laughs> no. I'm just saying I don't I don't you know, know what you want other that. than listen, I think they do it. They think it's great, and they think that I should air it on my show yeah. and that somehow would get people to watch their video and spread it around. And and I gotta tell you, if you knocked my socks off, I would. But but Carrie, my socks are on. I gotcha. I gotcha. I would so imagine to, go, go it would be hard to knock your socks off with a song. It would be. Yeah. It would be because I, I'm pretty particular. I yeah, want to hear some harmonies. Critical. I want to hear that yeah. you really nailed it. I want to hear that you're in tune the entire time. I want to hear all that stuff. I don't want to hear you practicing it, which I think I got a video of somebody practicing a song. 
Um, I, no, I don't. I, 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 it better be it better be refined and polished and great. And and if it if my socks are off, I, I probably would air it. Yeah. Now I'm not inviting you people to send me more songs. Stop it. Mm. In fact, a friend of mine, Dave, and he's probably listening. He listens in Austin all the time. Sent me a song. I still don't know how he took my response to him. He sent me a song. He's playing. I think he's playing the guitar and he's singing. So I laid down a bass line of me singing bass and some rhythm and sent it back. And I thought it was freaking great. Mm-hmm. And his reaction was like, hey, thanks. It's almost like he was <laughs> he was angry that I did it. Wasn't that great? Like I sat down, put a bass line on it. I thought I'd added a lot to the song, maybe even did a little bit of harmony. And I almost got like, an, and I love Dave. Dave's a good guy. We're literally maybe it friends. it wasn't his cup of tea. Well, then what, don't send it to me. Well, I know. I know. Maybe you sent it to me. Else. Listen, I, I might know. add something to it. So please explain to me why you have to. I I, I just checked your stupid message mm. before we started stupid. the show today. Mm-hmm. Just checked the, the stupid because I I actually moved things around for you today. I was going to give you a break. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll move them back. Oh, okay. Well, then I take it back. I take it all back. <clears throat> I'm sorry. She sends me the stupid message, people. And who is the one politician in Texas I can't stand? I'm going to say Beto O'Rourke. Beto. So she, and here's like flailing arms guy, boom goes the dynamite guy. He's like the biggest doofus on the planet. Who people keep telling me how good looking he is or something, or that he's a, the the next coming of the Kennedys. He's not. He's some freaking uh, privileged, entitled doofus that thinks he's owed the governor's office. And and his campaign, he just lies his face. Now he's for the Second Amendment. Now he's against the Second Amendment. Now he's for, you know, rare abortions. Now he's for anybody can get an abortion. I don't know. The guy's changing all the time. And he's never really accomplished anything other than running for office. He's the guy that used to wear a dress in a punk rock band. He's the guy that was arrested for uh, jumping over, a, breaking and entering or something. I know it's been thrown out or squashed or whatever. And then he was in some some accident where he's drunk driving and the actual, the actual accident report says he fled the scene, and he somehow got off on that. I guess his parents are in, uh, uh, somebody's a, a judge, somebody's a lawyer, whatever. I, I am not a fan of the guy. What? Interestingly, when he and, and Will Hurd drove from Texas to Washington, I had him and Will on the show in the car. So, I mean, it's not like I, I go in hating somebody because they're a Democrat. I, I know that he's a Democrat. I don't like him because he thinks he's owed something. I don't like him because he keeps on getting his people to trend stupid things on Twitter. I don't like his policies. I think that he's anti-America uh, in that he wants an open border system. He's anti-Second Amendment. He's anti-Constitution. He's vehemently pro-abortion. I don't like people who are that. Having said that, I get a stupid message from my friend Carrie <laughs> that I'm somehow alike or some, well, somehow like or have something in common with Beto That's true. today. No, you don't Fill like me it. in. What exactly happened with Beto yeah, that made you think of me? From our newsroom. Uh, for God's W-O-A-I. sakes, Carrie. Okay, sorry. sorry. Uh, Beto O'Rourke is getting a slap on the wrist for speeding across Texas on his campaign for governor. The Democratic candidate was pulled over this week in the Houston suburb of Hitchcock. Uh, police there clocked him going 61 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. He was given a warning and sent on his way. The traffic stop would have likely have flown under the radar but someone saw the name pop up on the Galveston County police blotter and posted a screenshot on social media. So it was actually him driving? Yes, apparently, yeah. How fast was he going? 61 and a 45. Come on, that's... That's nothing? If you're going to speed, let's go ahead and make it happen. (laughs) Listen, 16 miles over the limit, that's a lot. I'm not taking Beto. 
I'm not taking his side here. In fact, he should he should probably go to a Russian jail for nine years, to be mm. honest with you, mm. because of all that speeding. How dare you go 6104? Don't don't you ever send me a message again. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Comparing me to your boy Beto. Are you still going to move things around? Are you going to keep things the same? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think okay. that uh, I'm going to need you till like 9 p.m. tonight, <laughs> to be honest. Nine, okay. Maybe 9.30, gotcha. something like that. Gotcha. I want to go to Kamala Harris's Twitter feed. And again, uh, Sam, you looked it up. What is it? 22% of, of all of America is even on Twitter and only 2% write almost everything on there? That's correct, yes. Something like that. I mean, it's just, I mean, I get that most people aren't on there. But, but this was on Twitter today, and I had to take a look at it was trending on Twitter, so I had to take a look at exactly what she wrote. And and she comes to the defense of, of Brittany Griner and also mentions Paul Whelan, somebody that they almost never mention, who is still detained or in jail, imprisoned in Russia. But uh, here's what she said. With today's sentencing, Russia continues its wrongful detention of Brittany Griner. She should be released immediately. POTUS and I and our entire administration are working every day to reunite Brittany as well as Paul Whelan with loved ones who miss, the, who miss them each or miss each of them dearly. So I'm going, you know, I, you know, all right, fine. I mean, of course, it's not wrongful detention. She broke their laws. But okay. She's stepping up for, for an American, threw in Paul Whelan, something she probably didn't want to do. But uh, okay. Then I'm like, you know, Carrie, ask me how many times I've ever been to Kamala Harris's Twitter feed before. How many times have you been to Kamala Harris's Twitter feed before? I'm glad you asked me because never. Hmm. So I'm like, well, let me go through and just see what the hell else she's posting. Eh, post this, a little of that. Congratulations to this person. Um, okay. A monkeypox response, that's going on there. Vaccine distribution, blah, blah, blah. It's a public health emergency, blah, 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 blah. And that, today, there was some jobs report that came out, right? Mm-hmm. And the Biden administration is taking credit for adding 528,000 jobs in July. It's higher than we thought. Here's, here's the lie she posts on this. And it just, again, lying liars that like to lie, and I'm always glad to call them out. This morning's jobs report, she tweets, shows our economy added 528,000 jobs in July. Okay. And the unemployment rate matches the lowest it's been in more than 50 years. Hmm. Here's the lie. You ready for the lie? Oh, yeah. More people are working than ever before. What? We have more to do, but today's Um, jobs report shows we are making significant progress. So, the lie is that line. Here's the Let me say the sentence again to make sure that people are looking because they, they might be thinking, well, wait a second. They added a bunch of jobs. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in 50 years or it matches the lowest rate in 50 years. So why is that line incorrect? More people are working than ever before, she said. Let me tell you how that's untrue. The job force participation rate is very low right now. Unemployment rate unfortunately, doesn't count people who stop looking for work. So if you've got a pool of workers and an unemployment rate that's higher than whatever it is today, 3 or 4%, whatever it is now, um, you can easily have more people working with a higher unemployment rate because everybody who's being counted is either working or they're looking for a job. If you take all of those people who are looking for a job and all of those people who used to work and now have been laid off or just lost their job because of COVID, and if they stop looking, they're just not even collecting unemployment, they're just out of the employment realm completely, they're taken out of the initial pool. Therefore, you can have a very low unemployment rate 
yet not as much employment as you used to. Now, I don't have the workforce participation number in front of me, but I know that there are 10 million jobs available in America right now. That means there are 10 million jobs that probably used to be held by Americans that aren't being filled right now. And again, if they're out of the initial pool that, that would be counted in the unemployment rate, then the unemployment rate is going to plummet. It's going to look very, very low, and you could have fewer people working. I will bet we don't have more people working than ever before today. I will bet we have fewer people working than pre-COVID. Carrie, do you think that's a good assumption? I do, because really a lot of places where I go, how many signs do you see saying, please be, please be patient, uh, we don't have enough staff, um, uh, we have to cut hours because we can't get people to work. I mean, there's some drive throughs that literally say, there's some restaurants literally say, only drive through we cannot staff our inside. Exactly, yeah. So what you just said is verifiably true. So her statement, more people are working than ever before, I think is a big, fat, lying lie. Because work, workforce participation, for some reason, is added in there. Unemployment rate should be based on, even during Trump, even during a Republican, it should be based on the number of people working age between, what is it, 16 and 65, how many Americans are in that working age range? How many Americans in that age range are working? Those that aren't working and, don't, and, and have the ability, they're not disabled or something, they have the ability to work, those should be counted as unemployed. It's that simple. But we can play with the numbers all we want. You could drop another 50 million people out of the workforce and they're over there not even looking for jobs anymore and the unemployment rate might look like it's one. Does that mean that we have more people working than ever? Of course not. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Your thoughts on politician, and again, you expect it, but your thoughts on them continuing to lie like Kamala Harris, I believe, is lying in this number. Keep it here. We're coming back. Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. Lots to talk about. I cannot find a solid source for the workforce participation number, the actual workforce participation number right now. We should be able to, um, and and I can't, and I'm guessing that uh, they make it hard to find on purpose. I know that it was 158 million plus under Trump. Not really sure what it is right now under Biden. Um, I'd like to see what the numbers are because, as I said, I, uh, 10 million jobs available. We're seeing help wanted signs everywhere. A lot of people just stop looking for work, and if they're not looking for work, that'll lower the, the actual unemployment number. And a lot of people are saying, you know, you know, um, the way you explained that was pretty, was pretty good. I'm going to explain it even better when we come back after the bottom of the hour because I want to, we'll, we'll base it on like 100 people because percentages are actually pretty easy to figure out. And we'll base it on um, 100 people. We'll actually do it after the interview. We'll base it on 100 people. All right? And um, at the end of the day, you'll see why the percentage can be lower while the actual number of people working can be much lower. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this man back. He's a brother from another mother. He's a great doctor, a great surgeon. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Doc, how are you? Good to see you again. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be back and on your show. Yeah, man. L- listen, um, uh, you had personal tragedy. You know that our, our, our hearts and our prayers are, are going with you. Thank you for always Thank being you. ready for the good fight when it comes to our, our safety in this country, when it comes to protecting us with real knowledge on COVID-19. And eventually today, I want to get into monkeypox, if you don't mind as well. But let's start with a, a story that we covered yesterday here. And I want your thoughts on it because you and I haven't talked about it. Suddenly, there's a study that shows locking us down for as long as they did, um, and calling some people essential and other people not essential, um, it harmed us more than it helped us, didn't it? Absolutely. That study was very, very definitive in showing us that. Plus, there was a study that was released uh, that we can talk about as well by um, John Hopkins University itself. This particular study that you're referring to was done out of Japan, and it basically studied the closure of bars and restaurants, and it showed that it did nothing whatsoever in mitigating the spread of COVID-19, and actually most likely led to significant harm in terms of just the psychosocial impact, all the way from abuse, domestic abuse, all the way from depression and suicidal ideation. And that corresponds to another article that I brought up a while ago and is present on our website where there was a global prevalence of depression and anxiety symptoms in children and adolescents because of these lockdowns and keeping them from going to school. It harmed them and it contributed to increased suicide rates. It contributed to increased depression and anxiety. We should never, ever do it again. That website is inspiration.health, inspiration.health. It doesn't sound like it's not a .com, it's not a dot, it's something else. It is inspiration.health. It'll get you there on the on your internet. Just put that into a browser. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. We had to know that going in. We knew psychologically it was going to hurt us already because we human beings need, need interaction. We need to be able to, to see our coworkers, our family members, our extended family, go on vacations, go to the movies, go to a restaurant, or do whatever. I mean, interaction is a big part of who we are as, as beings. Um, taking that away from us for as long as they did was absolutely outlandish. And then we also know that it's pretty well studied now, and maybe you can elaborate on this. The effects on children wearing masks at school or, or doing Zoom learning instead of going and interacting and learning social skills, that, that hurt us a lot too, didn't it? Absolutely. It adversely affected children in terms of their development. I can't tell you the number of children that I saw that were uh, adversely affected all the way from their ability to learn how to talk and speak among the younger children, but also those young, really, um, the the age group that really is impressionable in terms of their self-esteem as far as adolescence and their their teen years where they don't get to have that interaction. And it affected that even much more so. And so that cannot happen again. And, you know, when we are talking about this, a lot of times at school board meetings, they'll say, oh, we're doing this because we're going to save grandpa and grandma. We're going to save our teachers and we're going to save, you know, this person and that person. Well, the study that I spoke to you about that came out of John Hopkins University, and it was published in Studies in Applied Economics. It was a literature review and meta-analysis of the effects of lockdowns and COVID-19 mortality showed that there was no significant effect on mortality rates. So you have two studies, one that shows that it didn't affect the mortality rates favorably at all, and then the second that showed it didn't stop the spreading of any signs or symptoms except for maybe a cough, and that was it. Yeah. 
It, yeah. it's, it's amazing to me that we weren't told this truth, and you and I talked about this a lot. At the end of the day, it was really about power and control and how far could they push us when it comes to telling us what to do and, and will we just get in lockstep and do it. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Go in and check out his website, inspiration.health, inspiration.health. I want to just ask you a, a few yes or no answer or questions, and then we'll get into, we'll elaborate on them a little bit. But I want to make sure that people who are watching and listening who might not have seen you before, even on my show for a long time now, been friends for a long time, but, but I just want to reiterate a couple of things. There is no FDA-approved vaccine for COVID-19 right now. Is that true? That is absolutely correct. There is no FDA-approved vaccine available in the United States. Because they, they say that the Pfizer community is somehow um, FDA-approved. It's not. That name is licensed, and the licensed name is approved by the FDA, just like SpikeVax from, from Moderna is also ha- has a licensed name approval, but those are not available. You're a physician. Can you get a hold of those vaccines today that are named either community or, or spike vax? Cannot. And if I were able to, they would not be able to be on the market as far as the EUA is concerned, because once that happens, they have to come out of circulation as far as an EUA because there would be an FDA-approved one that could actually be given. This is such, actually, I, want to, I want to stop you. That is such an important delineation. Uh, I, I want to say what you just said again, and then I'll let you elaborate some more. There is no FDA-approved vaccine available because if there were, the EUA, the emergency usage authorization ones, would have to go away. Why would you keep them on the market if you've got something that's FDA-approved? That's what you say, right? Exactly. You can't. That would be against federal law. And you cannot bring new vaccines under EUA like the Novavax or even the vaccine by GlaxoSmithKline that is in its clinical phase three trials. Those cannot be brought into the market as EUAs if Spikevax or Cormenati could be actually produced and utilized here in the United States. You cannot walk into a CVS or a Walmart or a Walgreens and say, show me a vial of Spikevax or Cormenati. You will not see it. It is not here. But they said that to make us believe that Pfizer and Moderna were both offering actual FDA-approved vaccines. We know they're not. By definition, Doc, would you call these vaccines, these EUA things that people are taking? No, I would not call them vaccines. They're, they are definitely a manipulation of the genome. This has been shown even in vitro that it can manipulate your host genome. So we call them vaccines because people are able to better understand the word, but they are a whole different animal. And this has been shown time and time again. Even some of the newer technology uh, that's being utilized, like recombinant DNA technology, it is a synthetic product. It is a synthetic product that utilizes the manipulation of genes in different vectors, whether it's a moth virus to help develop Nova, Novavax or yeah. whether it's messenger RNA. It's all utilizing the genomes, DNA or RNA. So don't let them fool you. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Go to inspiration.health. That's his website. He's got, he does telemedicine. Go check him out there, inspiration.health. Um, what's interesting about this is we heard that some rumblings that the women's menstrual cycles were being adversely affected by these shots. And then quickly, the FDA, the NIH, everybody, the Biden administration, no, 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 it's not true, it's not happening, that's a lie. Twitter would say there is no evidence that any menstrual cycles were affected by this. And now we've got studies that prove that, that they are, don't we? I mean, this, this has happened so often in the last two years, well, they'll say there's no evidence of, and then the evidence shows up that they were absolutely right to begin with. So very quick, uh, very direct, um, is a woman's menstrual cycle possibly adversely affected by these shots? 
Well, you know, this is so apropos in terms of what we've talked about on your show. We have spoken about the dangers of social isolation. We have spoken about the real dangers of masking because of the lack of data. And guess what? It's coming to fruition. Studies are showing exactly what we've talked about on the show to be true. Now there's a great study that investigates the trends of women who received the COVID, quote, vaccines, who experienced menstrual bleeding changes that were significant. There were 42% of 16,000 women in this survey that bled more heavily and more unusually after they received the vaccination. So that's pretty significant because, as you know, they are asking pregnant women to go and get vaccinated. And when the evaluation was being done in this particular study and the theory behind why the women were having these adverse menstrual cycles, the thought was, well, perhaps because there is some effect upon the sex hormones. Well, the sex hormones are what help a woman establish and keep her pregnancy. Right. So why would you recommend a vaccine that could adversely affect her sex hormones and subsequently lead to a loss of that baby? 42% is a huge number. And they hid it from us, just like the Vera system is being hidden from us, just or, or it's being uh, we're being told, well, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't really count. Um, we're, we're, at the end of the day, Jesse, in your medical opinion, and you're the expert here, what do you think we're going to find out in the next five or 10 years about these shots that we don't know now? Are, are they going to be that much worse than than anybody's reporting? Well, I think what you're going to see is a huge amount of litigation coming against these different entities, including from different financial financial institutions um, that basically have been behind this because the data is showing even actuarial data of increased death rates because of the vaccines being in place. And the problem with these clinical trials, and I think that this is why um, we are going to see the liability heaped upon these drug companies that they need to have, is that they didn't even investigate these kind of things in their clinical trials. All of these things came after the fact, including myocarditis and pericarditis with the messenger RNA vaccines. So there has to be culpability for the way that this was rushed into the public forum and subsequently the huge amount of complications and risks that come about because of this. And when Pfizer was forced to release their data within the list of the adverse react reactions and effects that they stated regarding children, pregnancy, women, was neonatal death, fetal distress syndrome, low birth weight, neonatal seizures, uh, neonatal venous thrombosis, and the list goes on. And VAERS is approaching about 2,000 in terms of the number of miscarriages. So they don't evaluate these problems when they're evaluating the the vaccines in the clinical trials. And then this is what happens. You know, it's interesting because I don't want to get into too much of the, of the legalities, but the way my brain works in a legal sense is I don't think you can sue Pfizer and Moderna. And here's why I say that. Um, these are EUA. These are emergency usage authorization, which means we should have informed consent. You know who I think you can sue is the entities that were mandating it. Um, if you mandate it and don't give me a choice as a free liberated human being in, on planet Earth and in America, then the person that's forcing me to take it or else I'm going to lose my livelihood. I'm going to be kicked out of the military. I can't be a medical pro services provider uh, if I don't get this shot. Those mandating it before I can go and eat a pizza with my family in New York. I think those people are on the hook. I, do you follow what I'm saying here? Um, I, I am not happy with Pfizer and Moderna who have made billions and billions and billions of dollars, I think, through false information. That's my opinion. But having said that, these are EUA. And I, through informed consent, should be able to say no. Now, you know that I'm not vaccinated. I haven't gotten the shot, and I'm not going to get the shot. A lot of people did go and get it because their livelihoods re relied on it. Do you think that those entities that were mandating it would be on the hook like I think? 
Absolutely. There are going to be physicians and nurse practitioners and companies like CVS who are going to be held accountable. And I'll tell you why. Because I have seen the informed consents that, that have been utilized. I know there are groups of attorneys uh, that are working on this very thing right now where people were not given proper informed consent. These issues were not listed. They were not talked about. And when the vaccines are given at a soccer stadium or at a college uh, cafeteria or right. dorm, when gift cards are offered and no risk are explained, those are the ones that are going to be held liable and not the drug companies. They were giving out uh, donuts and cupcakes if you come and get your vaccine. It will give you a $100 gift card if you come and get your shot. I mean, people were tricked into this, and I don't think that's okay. I think you're right. There are going to be a lot of class action lawsuits going on, and, and hopefully you know, the, the righteous will rise above, and those who are severely harmed will, will get compensated. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. You've mentioned Novavax a couple of times. What is Novavax? Is that the next be-all, end-all, or are there issues there too? Well, it absolutely, absolutely is not the all, uh, the all to be in terms of vaccines. Yeah. Um, actually, it is a synthetically derived vaccine. It basically comes from taking a code for the spike protein, and basically it's injected into an insect virus, which is a moth virus. And then they take that and replicate it inside the moth cells, and then they create this spike protein. And then they take that and they add it with what they call an adjuvant to upregulate the immune system so that the immune system becomes more hyperactive. The thing is, is that this um, adjuvant that they call Matrix M, we really don't know what its safety profile it is, what its safety profile it is. It comes from uh, 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 really the sap of trees that are found primarily in Chile and wow. Peru and Bolivia. And even when the CEO of the company was being questioned by the ACIP, which is the group that evaluates vaccines and recommends whether the CDC should approve it or not, he was asked about the safety of this adjuvant that was present in the vaccine. He said, yeah, it's probably safe. We've got a study in West Africa that's going to be concluded here soon, but we think that it's probably safe. I mean, that's the kind of sloppy scientific work that's being done behind these vaccines, just as an example. It's horrible. It's probably safe. Why would I ever want to take that if it's probably safe? And back to the mRNA vaccines or the shots, um, it's true that the spike protein never leaves, right? Why would, your, why would your body ever stop attacking itself if it thinks that the spike protein is still there? Because like when I got COVID and I got over it very quickly, um, my body reacted to it along with the meds that I took reacted to it. And now I, I've probably got immunity for 20 months or some sort, some form of immunity, but it's not going to stay in me forever. And I'm glad. I don't want it to. Right. Well, you know, it's like you're, you're, like you're sitting here reading my mind. That's <laughs> <because laughs> what we do, Jesse. Uh, Dr. Dr. Paul Offit, who is really a strong proponent of vaccines, who is present on the uh, VRPBAC, which is a committee that recommends vaccines to the FDA, during the hearings on this particular Novavax vaccine, and, and I quote, he wondered if there was molecular mimicry between the spike protein in the virus and the vaccines and the human proteins, particularly those in the heart cells, that could lead to the immune system to mistakenly attack the heart, thinking it was battling a virus. Wow. So one of the leading experts, I mean, this gentleman has created a vaccine for the rotavirus, so he knows what he's talking about. He was ignored, ignored on this committee. 
And he's a guy that, that is normally pro-vax, which that, that should tell anybody and everybody anything they want to know. This guy is not somebody who's negative about shots or vaccines, but he is somebody who's going to tell the truth. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez always telling us the truth, inspiration.health. Before I let you go, Jesse, and I appreciate you coming on today, let's do this uh, as we normally do on a regular basis, at least once a month, if not more than that. Um, Monkeypox has been named a public health emergency by the Biden administration. Now, you and I both know that that the vast majority, some would say 95% of the cases are in gay men who have sexual relations with other, other gay men. Why are we pretending like 340 million Americans need to worry about this? Well, I think if you actually labeled this money pox, then you'd probably get your answer. Gotcha. Because so, is, is this about somebody developing a vaccine? Is this about them locking us down again? Is this about politics this coming November as a big midterm? What do you think is going on here? I think it's all of the above because here's the thing. You read several articles where even now they're talking about releasing some of these restrictions because it um, has maybe some adverse effects. You kind of hear this softening. And I think that this is just prelude to the monkeypox becoming something before the election so that you can then lock everybody down again. Here in my own county, we're starting to see people actually putting up signs about um, because of the increased number of the new variants of the Omicron that we're seeing now that they're going back to mask. And I actually walked into an establishment and I said, you know, I had an appointment there. I'm not putting a mask on. I'm a physician. I'm a surgeon. I've done the data. The data's not there. I'm not going to do it. So we got a problem. What are you going to do here? Well, they made accommodation. They said, come on into this conference room and, and we'll sit at the other end of the table. And, and they did not. They came and actually sat right by me with their mask on. Thing is, is that we're going to need to stand our ground, not acquiesce. And I know there's millions and millions of people that last time that did all of this. Yeah. Don't do it this time. Don't do it. Stand firm. Don't do it. Always incredible information. Inspiration.health. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Doc, thanks a million for coming on today. Let's talk again soon, okay? Oh, you bet. Thank you for having me, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. You're listening to Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Having Dr. Jesse Lopez on is always an absolute treat. By the way, the labor participation force goes by percentages, and the percentages under Trump were as high as 63% of those available to work who are of working age in this country were working. 63.3% before before COVID. We're now only at 62.1%. Millions fewer Americans are working today than before COVID, so don't believe the big lie by this administration. Keep it here. Much more to come. This is the Joe Pegg Show.